You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And I'm Sarah Hart Unger, a mother of three, practicing physician, writer, and course creator. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. On the Best of Both Worlds podcast each week, we share stories of how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Listen to Best of Both Worlds every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 329, Doing Disney on a Budget with Lou Mangiello. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are doing a listener request and only requested by listeners because I prodded you at an earlier episode to request it. And several of you did about Disney on a budget, saving money on Disney and very, very excited to have a kind of like a Disney legend, Lou Mangello, Mm. to talk about it. If you're a Disney fiend, Disney guru, you already know about Lou. For those who don't, well, it'll still be magical. We're bringing you some Disney <laughs> magic. Yes. And so if you ever want to take a trip to Disney, this is definitely one you're, you're going to want to keep this in your pocket. And listen, we are covering all the majors, all updated. So this is one you're going to want to run through. But first... Before we get into the tips, this episode is brought to you by 13.1 miles. Yes, you could drive 13.1 miles in 20 minutes, or I don't know how long it takes. I didn't time it. Uh, Or you could take multiple hours to run it. I mean, sure, some people can do it in less, but if you're me, it's multiple hours. You can listen to a lot of frugal friends over that time. Don't have time to run 13.1 miles? Don't fret. You can get everything you love about Frugal Friends and more in the friend letter. We send it three times a week, and we've got your freebies for the week. We've got your savings tips, things across the internet that you would love to know about saving money. We compile it all into an email that you get in your inbox three times a week. It's like a text from your bestie, only it's in your inbox. And you can ignore all those marketing emails that want you to spend money because we want you to be able to save it. So frugalfriendspodcast.com slash friend letter. It's definitely easier to read than it is to run 13.1 miles. 
Wow. What a loosey-goosey, amazing tie-in, Jen. Mm, you yes. can tell that the Disney half marathon, does, half marathon is on your mind. Yeah. Well, specifically the wine and dine half marathon, because that's the one I'm training for. It's the only one you'll do. It we are food motivated. Yes. You I've already done, know this. I've done wine and dine and princess, and I do love those Disney races. I'm more of like, I'm a fan of Disney, because I love the Disney races. And so this is, we're talking about parks today though, because there's like literally no way to save on your running unless you're going to raise money for a charity, then you can quasi get a free entry into your race. So maybe that is a tip for running. But if you don't want to run, Listen to this episode with Lou Mangello. He is a former attorney who is the host of WDW Radio, podcast he has been doing for, gosh, 20 years at this point, all about the magic of the Disney parks, Disney Cruise Line, Marvel, Star Wars. Uh, he is also the founder of the Dream Team Project.org, which has raised over half a million dollars for Make-A-Wish Foundation. He is fan fantastic. And I don't know if there's anybody that knows more about Disney than Lou Mangiello. Um, and so we're going to talk about the four bigs to saving at Disney. We're not going to talk about how to save money for a Disney trip or how to save money on getting there. We have several, uh, you know, we have 300 episodes on how to save money and then a couple other episodes on how to save on travel. So like episode 284, how to hack your next vacation with Chris Hutchins. It talks a smidge about travel hacking, but really just general hacking travel. And then episode 250, how to save money on travel, frugal traveling. So and then we have several actual like credit card point travel hacking episodes too. So definitely listen to those for money saving tips on how to get there. But with Lou, we're talking about saving money when you're there. Let's get to Lou. Lou, welcome to the Frugal Friends podcast. We are very excited to have you here. Uh, Jen and Jill, thank you very much. I am excited as well. Really appreciate it. I speak for a living. I really appreciate the opportunity and I'm looking forward to, ch to chatting with you today. Amazing. Well, let's just jump right in because I don't want to waste any time. We've, I, I know we've got some Disney gurus listening. Oh in. my gosh. Some we, we have a lot of listeners and this was a listener request. Well, this was kind of a goaded listener request because I, I did not tell you this before we started recording. I love Disney. I'm a big fan of Disney, and I asked kind of selfishly if our listeners would like an episode on Disney. And I was like, but I'll only do it if other people want it. And we had like two people request it, and I was like, that's enough for me. <laughs> so here we are. Full disclosure, I could take it or leave it, so I'll bring some balance to this episode. <laughs> but go ahead, Lou. Tell us about yourself, and let's just also jump into like money-saving ticket how do you save on tickets? Like, let's just start there. Yeah, we want to hit the big four yeah. today. And I don't know what you consider the big four, but for me, it's like tickets. And that includes like Genie Plus, hotels, food, and then just like activities. So that's that's what we want to hit today. If you're listening and you're like, what are we going to cover? That's it. So let's, yeah, let's start it off. So I'll quickly preface it by saying that it, it has gotten more 
complicated to go to Disney in recent years, um, not just in terms of when to go and where to go and what to do, but in terms of, of how to save money as well. Um, and, and I think I'd love to sort of start off by sort of dispelling some of the misconceptions or misperceptions about going to Disney. It's prohibitively expensive. Uh, it costs $10,000 to take your family. It's $77 for a churro. I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, those are pretty <laughs> close. It's like 75 um, for a churro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are a lot of ways to go to Disney World on a budget. There's also a lot of ways to go to Disney World if you're not on a budget as well. It's very easy to, to sort of do a luxury Disney experience, but they really have implemented a lot of things in, in especially in recent years to make it more affordable for the average guest and, and family to be able to go. And I think you hit on a couple of the, the big sort of key points, which is knowing when to go, knowing where to stay and having a strategy in terms of the tickets that you buy and the way that you actually approach the parks. Um, and we can sort of break this down however you want, but I think if you want to sort of a, a, just a very quick tip, I think knowing when to go to Walt Disney world is probably the thing that's going to save you the most amount of money because sort of from, from a very simplistic 30,000 foot view, Disney of specific speaking specifically, specifically of Walt Disney world breaks down the, seasons of the year into value season, moderate season, high season, and pricing changes accordingly. Recently, that's even changed on sort of a, a, a daily basis because theme park tickets prices will vary by the day that you go. So, you know, trying to avoid summertime, spring break, Christmas, Easter, sort of those big sort of tent pole holidays is one of the best ways to save money. Of course, understanding that some people can only travel during certain times of year because of their teachers, their kids are in school, et cetera. Mm. So what would you, if somebody could go at any time of the year, what do you, what would be like the best time to go? So when you say best, I think that there's a, a balance you have to strike in terms of best in terms of value and best in terms of crowds, best in terms of weather. Uh, you know, if you're going on July 4th weekend, God bless you. Um, help you. <laughs> you know, it, it's wonderful and you get the fireworks, but it's hot and it's crowded and it is one of the most expensive times of the year. In terms of, of and, and it's a, a broad stroke of the brush here because it depends on holidays, et cetera, but uh, September and January and February are sort of really kind of the sweet spots in terms of the least expensive prices for resorts least expensive prices for tickets, your crowd levels are lower. And especially in January and February, your outside temperature and relevant humidity is also going to be lower mm -hmm. as well. And your chance for hurricane is lower in January and February. Yeah, your chance for hurricane is, is lower. I, I, and I think sometimes the hurricane thing gets blown out. You know, Orlando is very, very far inland. So the hurricanes are sort of few and far between. They get a lot of attention. But um, I had more hurricanes in New Jersey than I did yeah. <laughs> since I moved to Florida. Right? That's oh, the that's thing. Crazy. Other places get them too. Before we move on to the other three of the big four, curious your thoughts on related to tickets, Genie Plus. Like what, what is that? I know they've kind of renamed it. Is it worth it? So Genie Plus is a replacement for what was the FastPass system, which was a way to be able to get a specified return time in order to go to some of the more popular attractions 
without having to wait on the standby line. In recent years, it's been replaced by Genie Plus uh, and the Genie system. And again, there's a lot of confusion. We can take two hours sort of explaining the complexities of Genie Plus, but it does allow the opportunity to, via the app, get specified return times. There also is a Genie Plus, which is a paid option where you can pay for some of the the bigger, more popular e-ticket attractions to have a specified return time for a specific dollar figure per guest per day. So if you wanted to ride Rise of the Resistance or uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, you can buy a lightning lane, which will allow you to return at a specified time. Again, depending on crowd levels and popularity, that dollar figure could be $10 to $27 per person per attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the confusion is is a prohibitive factor for me. Like I don't I want to just go and I want to have fun, but I'm learning that like you need to be you need to be a person who has really dug in and done a lot of research in my opinion mm-hmm. to get a very good experience where you're not spending a ton of time in lines, which is why we go to people like you to get all of like the best tips, but so much confusion and I don't know if that's on purpose or what, but I think it's on purpose. I think it's it's un, it's sometimes an unfortunate, unfortunate but necessary result of the fact that the parks are very crowded. People mm-hmm. don't want to wait in line. There is a way to make you have a more efficient and effective time in the parks. But the only way to do that is, fortunately or unfortunately, by having some sort of a financial-based system, right? Because giving everybody fast pass means now the fast pass line is going to be as long as the standby line. And to be clear, you can walk into the park as long as you have a ticket and a reservation. You can walk into the park and, and sort of wing it and still have a great time. You will have a better and and dare I say sometimes even exponentially better time if you do some of that planning and preparation ahead of time. You go in a little better armed and prepared in terms of how to approach the the day and and how to approach the parks. Yeah. And when you go in those, you know, off seasons, January, February, September, sometimes you limit like you don't need Genie Plus at all or fewer. I still haven't been on Rise of the Resistance because I can't like get it. (laughs) Like I've never been able to get on that ride. And ironically, I have been. (laughs) Yeah. And so... (laughs) And I, but I haven't been to Hollywood Studios in a while. But so, yeah, that's like something I would pay for. But I would go maybe in January and not have to get Genie Plus for all the other things and just buy the you know one thing I want. So there's there can be a balance, too. But, yeah, I know my friend Allison went during spring break and they did Genie Plus. They got got it for everything all day, whole trip. And she said it really did make a difference. Like it was the one thing that was worth the money for them. And I think it's, it's a very subjective mm-hmm. thing. Right? You have to determine where the balance really is, is, is. You know, you're only there for a couple of days is making sure you and your family and your kids get to experience all the things they want to do. Or if you're really looking to go on a budget, are you willing to have some of those trade offs yet still have a great time, but running the risk that you might not get to experience everything that you want to do while you're there? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about staying at Disney. What are your best tips for saving on 
hotels? Do you recommend Airbnbs? Like, what is the sleeping situation with saving money? Again, first things first, the time of year that you go is going to save you. I'm not talking like saving $10, $20, $30. I'm talking hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Um, I mean, there's that much of a difference if you go in some of the off seasons. Again, it's a subjective thing. How important is your resort experience to your overall Walt Disney World visit? There are value resorts, moderate resorts, deluxe resorts, Disney Vacation Club accommodations that really run a very wide spectrum. And from the the value resort perspective, the resorts are are wonderful. They're very, very well-themed. One of my favorite resorts is Disney's Art of Animation Resort. It is themed towards uh, cars and the Lion King and the Little Mermaid. Very fun, very whimsical. I very highly recommend staying on property because I think you want that all five senses, 360 degree, 24 seven Disney experience that you do lose. I, I know a lot of people like to stay off property. They get an Airbnb and B&B and you're like, well, it's only a 20 minute drive. Well, that 20 minute drive is more than a 20 minute drive, right? That's going to be a chunk out of your day to get in the car, schlep, pay to park, right? As opposed to if you stay on property, you can park for free or, or take the internal trans- transportation, which is complimentary. And it does sort of disrupt the day a little bit, especially if you have young kids, maybe want to go back, swim in the middle of the day. Now, all of a sudden, it's getting to the car, driving off property, getting back on property. So I very highly recommend. But if you're trying to save money, you can and will have a very wonderful, magical, Disney-filled experience at the Valley Resorts. And certainly, depending on how much you want to spend, how important your resort is to you, you can very much upgrade to higher-end resorts that are closer to the parks. Some of them are, are sort of border the parks and you can walk right into them as well. I've heard great things from people who stay at the campgrounds too. And that might be the value accommodations that you're talking about, but you get that magical experience at the park and then some of the fun of camping, at least for those who find camping fun. <laughs> and there are people who like they live and swear by the campgrounds. They will go there, bring their RV and come and stay for 30 days and like literally make camp there. I'm not a camper, maybe a little bit of a glamper I'd like to do. And they and they have cabins there. But if you're going to literally pitch your tent in the middle of August and, and stay outside. <laughs> Same. I'm not a camper. I do not like to camp. I do not like to sleep outside. Yeah. But I do. I, I think my resort of choice when I go there is I like to be like a little bougie, but not too much. So like Coronado, which is like the the just a tiny step above the value, but seems like it's so nice and it's so much less expensive than the other nicer resorts. Mm-hmm. So I love Coronado. I think it's beautiful. I, I, the new Grandestino Tower is spectacular. It has some of the best dining in all of Walt Disney World in terms of Fine dining, casual dining, three bridges, bar and grill that that is an overwater uh, restaurant is spectacular. You don't necessarily have monorail access or Skyliner access. You do need to take the internal bus system or have a car, but the resort is beautiful. And you're right. I, I think it's it's 
a deluxe resort that comes in at moderate prices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of dining, my favorite thing to talk about is food. What do you have to say (laughs) about ways to save on food while doing this Disney vacation? I want to spend a lot of time here, Lou, so like really (laughs) give it to us. (laughs) I literally sat up in my seat. (laughs) I love it. It's built by Disney. Um, (laughs) The whole thing about calories not counting in Walt Disney World, it's a lie. It's an absolute lie. I, live here and I, can, I can swear that that's not true. Again, if you're thinking about coming to Walt Disney World and, and budget is important, food can and, and very easily get very expensive. But there's a lot of ways to, I don't want to say get around that, but I think being strategic in terms of how you dine, maybe not doing a sit-down table service restaurant for breakfast, lunch, and dinner is going to save you, one, a lot of time, much more efficient day. It's also going to save you a lot of money. Some of the best meals I've ever had anywhere are at counter-service locations in the Disney parks and at the resorts. Um, Years ago, they used to have a dining plan, which since uh, COVID has not necessarily come back yet, it is going to be coming back at some point that literally, depending on which plan that you chose, would afford you table service credit, counter service credits, and snack credits to help you sort of budget your day. But if you are looking to go and and the finances are really important, you can sort of think about sort of what your dining budget can be. I'm a big proponent of, you know, when you get up in the morning, maybe having, you know, cereal or Pop-Tarts or whatever your thing is in the room or grabbing something quick and going. And then I like to save my time, my money, and my calories for a counter service lunch and then maybe treating myself to a table service dinner. You can also bring in your own snacks. I think people don't realize, you know, depending on how you want to do it and how heavy you want your backpack to be, you can bring in bottles of water, which I highly recommend, right? Rather than buying four or five dollar bottles of Dasani water, bring in a refillable water bottle. There's water bottle stations everywhere. Counter service locations will give you cups of water if you need to, but bring in snacks as well too. You don't necessarily have to get all the Disney snacks, although again, I love them very much. (laughs) So you have to sort of determine what your sort of daily budget is going to be and how you want to space that out. Again, this is where planning comes into play too. If you want to do table service restaurants, I very highly recommend planning your advanced dining reservations before you go, because some of the more popular reservations will fill up, especially at some of the busier times of year. I was pleasantly pleased to find out that you could take snacks and water bottles into the parks. I grew up around an amusement park where nothing, no no of those things were allowed. You had to leave the park, go out to your car if you wanted to eat your packed lunch. So to me, that's an incredible perk and something really kind, I think, that Disney does and really does help, at least when I've gone, to reduce what I want to spend on the food there. My sister and her kids came to Disney And since I live close, I would drive in and like pick up Panera on my way and bring them breakfast. Everyone's fed and we can just blitz it out, eat some of the snacks we brought and then get a nice meal while we're there. So that that was how we did it. But I am curious your thoughts on you've said some of the best food you've gotten from that counter service. What would you recommend if someone's saying, I do want I'm I'm budgeting for this, but that means a spending plan. Where are you recommending that they go if they want the best bang for their buck? So there's a couple of different ways to answer this question. So 
in recent years, uh, Epcot has had usually four or sometimes five festivals throughout the year. The date of those festivals has been expanded. So, for, for example, right now as we're recording this, August 1st, the um, Epcot International Food and Wine Festival just started. That's going to run through November. And there are, I think this year, forgive me if I'm, it's like 30 or so marketplaces on the Epcot promenade that you can go and get small, bite-sized, sometimes even shareable items that can run anywhere from 5 to 9 to $12. That's a really great way to sample not just some of the different sort of flavors from around the world, but sort of eat your way around Epcot as well. And, and there, there's festivals going on there all the time. I'll, I'll go quickly park by park. I think in Magic Kingdom, my favorite quick service location, God, I love them all so very much. Um, I'll say uh, I love Columbia Harbor House in Liberty Square in Epcot. I am a monstrous fan of the Japan Pavilion. They have a, a grill called Katsura Grill, which is this beautiful sort of tea house with bamboo outside and a, a little koi pond and a waterfall. The food is spectacular. At Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, Woody's Lunchbox, which is in Toy Story Land, which is incredibly well-themed. The Loaded Tater yes. Tots. Yes, it's the only thing <laughs> I like there. I Unpopular <laughs> opinion, I don't love the food, but that's good. Yep, Toy yeah. Story, go there, get the tots. <laughs> And in Disney's Animal Kingdom, one of the best restaurants, counter or table service, is called Satuli Canteen in Pandora, the world of Avatar. It's basically a create-your-own bowl. You pick the different ingredients. You make your own bowl. It's fresh. It can be healthy if you want it to be. And the food is spectacular there. Uh, and they all come in at pretty reasonable prices as well. Mm, yeah. I agree with all of those. I also like in uh, Magic Kingdom that it's called like a Cheshire Cat Tail or the Cheshire Tail. It's like a chocolate croissant with like purple and pink frosting on top. You get that with a coffee. Mm. I think so. My I go like opposite of you, Lou. Like I'll do breakfast in the parks and then like do dinner on my own because I think the, there's so much good breakfast at Disney, like the Mickey waffle over at, um, I mean, you can get it a lot of places, but like with Nutella and berries or the Cheshire cat tail or even like the buffets. Like if you wanted to do a character buffet, like it's much cheaper to do a breakfast one than it is like a lunch or dinner. So like I love it for breakfast and then like will sustain myself on snacks that I have brought for the rest of the day. <laughs> Your carb loading throughout the day is yeah. the way it's more nutritional than mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Anything else? You're, You're basically a running ton. a marathon, yeah. or walking a marathon. So you should carb load in the morning. You will get your 10,000 steps. Yes. The mm -hmm. average guest walks anywhere from like eight to nine miles a day in the parks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you're really you do you it. Do it for exercise. Walk. You know, go to Disney <laughs> for exercise. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. As I'm like currently training for the wine and dine half marathon, like oh, good right for now. You. Yeah. And then I'll I'll be doing even more walking in the parks. It's so sometimes I wonder like why, like why I hate myself, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean 
You do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And I'm Sarah Hart Unger, a mother of three, practicing physician, writer, and course creator. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. On the Best of Both Worlds podcast each week, we share stories of how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. We talk all things planning, time management, organization, and more. We share what's worked for us and our listeners as we're building our careers and raising our families. We're here to cheer you on as you figure out how to make your days even more amazing. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Listen to Best of Both Worlds every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Any more food tips? Like, is there anything outside of the parks that you like for food that people may not know about? Like as a local, like insider tips? So I think Disney Springs, which is a shopping, entertainment, dining venue that you don't need a ticket to, to go into it. For me as a local, I'll tell you that I go to Disney Springs more than I go to the Disney parks. And, and that's not hyperbolic. Like it's actually true. I was there twice last week, usually going there because of the food. Um, I think Disney Springs has some of the, the boathouse in Disney Springs is my favorite restaurant on the planet. Like it's the, Ladies, when you come out, we're going to go to the boat hey. I've never been. I've been to Homecoming, and that's one of my uh, favorite restaurants. Oh, Homecoming's good, too. Yeah. Homecoming lunch so <laughs> on the weekend is spectacular. Mm. But there's also a number of great counter service locations in Disney Springs. Again, if you don't want to or, or spend the money on a park ticket, you can really kind of spend the day wandering and enjoying and exploring what Disney Springs has to offer. A Chicken Guy by Guy Fieri is Fantastic. Um, and it's probably, I think right now, it is the best value anywhere on property. I think three fresh made, not heavily breaded and fried, delicious chicken tenders. There's like 22 different sauces you can choose from. I think three of them come in at under five bucks. Whoa. Like, yeah. Yeah, it is it's a good a value. value. It's a really good value. Uh, Pepe by um, Jose Andres also is a counter service location. Very like, People just walk by it because it's really small. I think it's one of the best food in Disney Springs. There's a ton. There's a poutine. There's a daily poutine stand, which, again, body built. If I if French fries were a health food, I would be an Adonis. So, <laughs> <laughs> like French fries with gravy on it, you know. So better. Uh-huh. You, and you and my also sustain yourself on, on one one Gideon's cookie. You could probably sustain yourself for the day. Also one cookie. True. 
mm-hmm. and the, the peanut butter cold brew coffee will change your life forever. Sounds gross, mm-hmm. but I'll try oh it. Listen, when you guys come out, clear your calendars. We're going to spend a day just what, clear the calendars and bring stretchy pants. Because <laughs> we're for it. Okay, convince me. <laughs> I'm excited. I only bring stretchy pants <laughs> to Disney. Only Those are the only pants I bring. So. All right. So let's talk. Let's finish this conversation. Round it out with activities. So, yes, there's rides and walking. But like, are there any other free or low cost things families can do inside and then also outside of the park that people may not be aware of? There's actually a ton. And I think this is one of the things that people don't think about, too. When you go to Disney, uh, especially if you go into the parks, I I, I like the fact that you might see the the price of a park ticket and and get sticker shock. One thing that I will say is the longer you stay the less expensive your day-by-day ticket is going to be. They encourage you, and I think you want and need to spend as much time as you can. So the having more time actually reduces the price of your ticket. It also reduces sort of the, the stress and pressure of trying to do it all. But there's a ton of stuff that you can do both in the parks and outside the parks. This is not meant to sound like a shameless plug, but it's actually going to be. Uh, I actually have I have a free guide. It's it's 102 things to do in Walt Disney World at least once. And as part of that book, there's also 40 free things to do, see, eat, and enjoy while you're there. Uh, it costs nothing if you just go to, if you don't mind me saying, if you just go to radio.com right on the homepage, just sign up for the, the newsletter and it'll I'll send it right to your inbox. But in each of the parks, I think there's a lot of activities. And sometimes I always recommend to people, if you have the time, don't get a park ticket for one day. Do things like go to Disney Springs and wander around. Do a resort tour. Hit some of the other resorts, especially during the holidays. I, I love, love, love going to visit a lot of the different resorts because they have not just different themed holiday decorations, depending on where you are, especially if you go places like Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, you're going to see very different holiday decorations than you will over at Disney's Beach Club, at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. There's gingerbread. Like when I say gingerbread houses, I don't mean the ones that you get at the grocery store. I mean like life-size gingerbread houses and carousels that, yes, are edible and you can buy pieces of gingerbread as well, as long as we're talking about food. But even in the off seasons, um, going to visit some of the resorts, each of the resorts too, especially when you stay on property, go to the front desk. They'll give you, and I think it's in the, it might even be in the app too. They'll give you a list of daily activities. So there's games and stuff that kids can do out by the pool. There are different like craft making activities. There's guided tours of the resorts. There are free ladies follow me around the room. There are free themed and culinary tours of Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. So you can go and learn about places like Boma and Jico, and then you might even get a little sample of food for free. I love that. While you're there. Yeah. Oh. I love touring and samples. I love and samples. Free. 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 Yes. Free. Free. <laughs> love it. This is for friends. friends. We need to, we need to throw the word free in there. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah, 
I love that area. Like I went to college uh, in Orlando. And so we would go over there all the time. And like we wouldn't go into the parks, but we would just go to all of the touristy things that are all around there. And some of them, some of them are a little tourist trap. Some of them are a little less exciting than I remember them being. Like I took my friends in January to this quirky gift shop that is uh, that has a very large wizard head on top of it. Um, and it was far less exciting than I remembered it being. But well, because are... you see a sign outside that's like nine t-shirts for four dollars. You're like, oh, this is where I need to go to get my souvenirs. Yeah, it's I would say no, but um not not save it, buy them, pre-buy them on eBay and take them into the park. That's actually here's the tip. If you really want to save on souvenirs, because yes, it can get very expensive. One, like buy them maybe ahead of time. But when you, if you have time and if you have a car, when you come down here, go to Walmart, go to Target, because mm. the local Walmart targets have like authentic licensed Disney. It's not like the stuff you're getting from the wizard store sometimes, which may or may not be licensed, <laughs> but it's authentic and licensed merchandise. So if you want to get like autograph books, t-shirts, hats, water bottles, keychains, you can save a ton of money by taking a little trip or even like grabbing an Uber and go into the local Walmart or Target. Mm. Lou, I'm going to put you on the spot here and we can edit this out if this is too complicated of a question. And I recognize it's subjective, but if someone were to go to Disney and, and want to hack it as much as possible, what would you say is potentially the lowest amount someone could expect to pay per person per day? So I'm hesitant so I'm a recovering attorney, so I'm hesitant to give you <laughs> yeah. numbers because I don't want somebody to walk up to the ticket counter and go, Lou I know. It's only <laughs> That's why it's a fun question. But I'll say this. <laughs> I think if you go in value season and you stay at a value resort, uh, potentially take advantage of... So there's a, a one, one word we haven't talked about are discounts. And yes, there are discounts available at Disney. If you are a Florida resident, uh, if you buy your tickets in advance, you will actually save money. If you buy your theme park tickets in advance from Disney, then if you sort of show up at the gate, if you show up at the gate at 10 o'clock in the morning, like we're going to have a magical day today, you're already, you've lost, right? Because you're not there no job. I think, and this is, and again, I'm, I'm ballparking, but I think that you can potentially save like 17 to $20 per ticket like if you buy like a park hopper ticket three days or longer at the gate versus buying it online, I think you can save like $20 per ticket per person, right? So that's, if you have a large family, multiple days, that starts to add up. But if you know that you're a person that's going to come to Disney, and I think I think the break even is, is around nine days or so a year, you might want to look into buying an annual pass, which you're like, that doesn't make any sense. I live in Delaware. Again, if you come to Disney World twice a year, it may pay off because one, you're sort of pre-buying your, your days in the park, which is going to be much cheaper. You also get discounts, like 20, 30% on discounts, food, uh, on hotels, food, and merchandise. Uh, but there's also other discounts if you are military, first responder, civil service. Uh, there's some corporate and government um, discounts as well. Uh, so for example, if you work for Hewlett Packard or some of the other companies that are sponsors and partners of Disney, they often have, go to your HR department. They often have corporate uh, tickets that you can get at a discount. 
If you're a Canadian resident, there's ticket discounts. Hey, Canada. Hello, Canada. Uh, AAA and, and CAA, they have great discounts all the time as well. One thing I do not recommend, and again, you go do you, but if you're driving down and you're on 192 going through Kissimmee and you're like, oh, discount tickets, let's go pull in there. Be prepared to be taken away in a van to an eight-hour timeshare presentation. Like, again, mazel tov, if that's your thing. But- <laughs> Um, it's not necessarily, I think, the most effective and efficient way to, to mm-hmm. save money on, on tickets. Yeah. Yes. Isn't there also a hack, like, if you're buying them on the Disney website and it's the price you pay per day is, like, dependent on the day you start your trip yes. and you can get it cheaper if maybe you pick a different start day? Absolutely. Flexibility is going to be your your greatest asset, as flexible as you can be. And because the prices are laid out, very clearly on the disneyworld.com site, you really get a sense. I mean, you can sort of see the broad picture and say, look, if we just push our trip back four days, we're going to save X amount of dollars per ticket. All those little savings really do add up. Um, and again, like my the reason why I wrote my, and, and now it would be even more, my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book is because there literally are like hundreds of ways. And some of the ways, if you execute them, will save you just you know hundreds, if not thousands, right off the bat. But if you start stacking those up, like I've had people reach out to me and say, we've literally saved thousands of dollars on our trip. They ended up spending it back because they because you know they bought their kids souvenirs and and a lot more food. So how you want to save and spend is up to you. But it, it is the reason why. Again, I don't mean to sound like a shameless plug, but it's the reason why I wrote the book was because how do I save money going to Walt Disney World? still after almost 19 years of of doing this is the number one question that I get. And when you get the same question three times, you're like, it's a common problem. I need to try and help people solve it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, well done circumventing the actual question. Still giving us <laughs> tips, but no monetary number. So I'm- <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. Something else I respect. (laughs) And Uh, we're still going the same direction. The real thing. (laughs) The The Bill of the Week. week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Lou, every week we invite our listeners and or our guests to present us with their bill for the week. Their favorite bill, person, place, thing. And we know you have one prepared for us and we are excited to hear it. Well, don't be excited yet, because I want to make sure I'm <laughs> the spirit of I heard the bill of the week. And in order to keep it in the, the same sort of theme of what we're talking about, I thought about Disney and bills. Don't worry about the bill that you're going to your credit card bill when you go home, because it's incredibly frightening. Just enjoy your time while you're there. But I'll give you a little piece of Disney history, because did you know, at one point, Disney had their own bills. They had their own Disney dollar bills uh, and Disney dollars. Right? Look at your surprise face. I uh, love it. Yeah. No, I didn't know. Disney dollars were actually a form of like real currency that you could use 
at Disney. It was created by the Disney company, and you could use them in Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And literally, like one of the legendary Imagineers and, and marketing guys was like, wait a minute, like we're bigger than a lot of small countries. Like, why don't we have our own currency? And they were I think it was one of the first, if not the first private organizations in its in the country to print its own money and have it accepted in the theme parks like the dollar. So in 1987, they launched Disney dollars and you can you can find this. I think there's actually YouTube videos like in Anaheim at Disneyland, motorcycle police officers ex escort this armored truck with Scrooge McDuck, the secretary of the Treasury, oh like, my gosh. Into there and unloaded sacks of Disney dollars at the ticket booths. And each bill, I wish I had one to show you. Like $1, I think, had Mickey, five had Goofy. There was a $10 one with Minnie. And then they, for the 50th anniversary of Disneyland, they, they had a, a $50 bill with a special Mickey on it. So it, it was brilliant marketing because people were buying them, going, oh, here, kid, let's just budget our day. But what ended up happening is people would buy them. They became collectibles and souvenirs. So you're basically just buying money and then putting it. I actually have a Disney dollar in here. Of course you do. 100%. Yes, you do. I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of stuff, as you can see. But yeah, so they became collectible. They don't make them anymore. So now they're even more collectible oh and valuable. What so was the value? <laughs> like, what's the conversion rate of a Disney dollar to a U.S. dollar? Uh, it was one to one. Oh, was it? So, yeah, there was no like you just exchanged. It was like a currency exchange, and it was one to one. Wow! And they were hoping you'd have dollars left over from your trip, and then they would have the actual U.S. currency, and you would be left with a piece of paper that wasn't good anywhere else. You better believe it. Oh my gosh, Disney! Oh, this is a wild Disney does it again. An incredible, <laughs> Lou. You you knew the assignment. You did it. Yes, you did it. Amazing. We learned something. We were we were shocked and shook, still kind of confused. <laughs> if you want to submit your bill, if it has to do with a currency that was developed privately or or literally any other type of bill. Or in your honor. Yeah, right. Visit frugalbrunspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to the European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And I'm Sarah Hart Unger, a mother of three, practicing physician, writer, and course creator. 
We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. On the Best of Both Worlds podcast each week, we share stories of how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. We talk all things planning, time management, organization, and more. We share what's worked for us and our listeners as we're building our careers and raising our families. We're here to cheer you on as you figure out how to make your days even more amazing. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Listen to Best of Both Worlds every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for the lightning round. Yep, that's exactly. <laughs> yep, you t- you got it. You got it. We get that's wild at the end of this show. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so this is our vulnerability round, but it's not going to get too vulnerable in in this question. We just want to know. Uh, we're all going to answer it. Your best slash most memorable Disney park experience. And Lou, this might be hard for you, but we'll have you go first. I have many. I've been very blessed to do what I do for a long time, but probably one of my most profound memories is being with my daughter who was born on Mickey's birthday. No way we didn't plan it that way. (laughs) Um, Seeing her face sitting covered in ice cream, uh, sitting on Main Street USA, watching the parade go by just wide eyed. And then there's me behind her just crying, blubbering like a wonderfully mature man that I am. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I didn't. So I love Disney, but I didn't get into Disney until I had kids. That was that was what did it for me. Like I'd always like been to Disney in college, but like could take it or leave it. And when I had my son and I put him in that Mickey Mouse onesie and he got into Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, that was the gateway. That was the gateway. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, don't they say Those that really about parenthood as a whole? Like it kind of is ho-hum life. And then you have a kid and you get to like re-experience things through their eyes, which can give life new meaning. So yeah, as a parent, taking your kid to Disney and and experiencing it, but also experiencing it through them, I can see how that would be really meaningful. Mm-hmm. Seeing their little eyes look at the fireworks. <laughs> <sighs> Assuming they're not afraid and like screaming. I know, right? It's explosions. always a risk you take, but that's Kai was okay. So, oh, Lou, yes. Okay. That one was really good. Jill, can you top it? <laughs> now, you know me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a Disney adult. I have made that clear, but I'm here for the rest of you. I support you and your dreams. <laughs> we did go as. We're going to find a way to convert you. We're going to find your entry point okay. into Disney and the thing that you love that, that you can experience at Disney. Okay. I mean, we've been to Disney before. Jill and I, so we went to Disney together in, what was it, the second week of March 2020. Like two days we before went. they shut down. Yeah. <laughs> we went together. Yeah. And Anyhow, that was probably that's the last time memory. I was at Hollywood Studios. What I'm going to choose is something a little bit more funny to me. We did go as a child with my family, and my dad had gotten Pacers hats. Mind you, we're from the Philadelphia area. Like, Pacers are an Indiana basketball team. We have no family from Indiana, like nothing. (laughs) But he had gotten Pacers hats for all of us to wear. They weren't the right size. Nothing fit. And it wasn't Disney, because God forbid, 
but Pacers hats so that he and my parents could spot us because we grew up in the age of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Home Alone. I don't know. Parents were losing their children left and right. (laughs) So I think this was his attempt to like, I'm going to spot them. You know, if they're lost in a crowd, they're going to be wearing these Pacers hats. And we hated them. Like, of course we hated them. They weren't Disney. They didn't fit. We didn't understand them. We hated matching each other, but you, we had to wear the Pacers hats for our entire Disney experience so that if we got lost, our parents could love spot that. us in the crowd. Poor dad I was probably that. so proud of himself, he too. He was so like, proud of himself. I believe that he I'm would I'm not going to lose my kids. Yep. <laughs> yep. I got these Found yellow these Pacers Indiana hats. hats. Yep. Yeah, and I these saved Indiana more money hats on than, sale. than all these goofballs out here. I only mm-hmm. spent a dollar per hat. <laughs> And they're yellow, so I'll be able to see them (laughs) for sure. And then, of course, we were pretty poor, so the only characters we could see are, like, the Alice in Wonderland characters. I'd never even seen Alice in Wonderland. And then, like, the Queen of Hearts signed my autograph book, but she really scared me. She was very mean, and I cried. So that was my Disney experience. (laughs) Pacer Sats and the Queen of Hearts yelling at me. Okay, oh, Jen. Golden. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is fun. It's funny and fun now. Yeah. So I also, I so I love taking my son. We got to take him several times before he turned three. Uh, and we haven't been back. We haven't been back since we had to pay for him. But now that I have another <laughs> child, I think we'll go back before we have to pay for him. So I will... <laughs> Well, good. I have been with, I took a work trip, a work trip in January and, uh, and went to Disney. She used quotes for those of you who aren't seeing her, which is everyone. It was a podcasting conference. And actually we skipped the first day of the conference and went to Disney. So, but it's peripherally park related. It's a running the half marathons. So like every finish line for one of the uh, run Disney half marathons is like, I cry. Well, I cry at the starting line too. When the fireworks go off for every corral, I shed a tear for every single corral. And now they break up the corrals too. So it's not just one per corral, it's like three. So like by the time we get to me, because I'm slow, I am bawling because of all the fireworks. So I start crying and then I also end crying because I'm like, so proud of myself because I am not super athletic and I like running is like a very mental sport for me and I am bad at it and that's kind of why I do it and so I'm just so happy when I'm when it's over like that I did it is this what it is is it tears is it like if you have tears it creates a core memory and so like extreme emotion is that the Disney magic is you need to cry. All of our stories had tears involved. Ours were happy tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, we're, we're going to get you here. We're going to get you to eat and we're going to get you to cry. That's cry my goal. Now. Yeah, I think that was the problem. When we went, you didn't cry. So I don't cry at much, but I mean, sure. Whether you like it or not, kids. Yeah, we can give it a try. Well, there's the tip. If you want your children to remember this Disney trip that you're paying a lot of money for, 
they better cry by the time you leave. And that's, I think, the biggest piece of advice we could give you. Um, and I think Lou would agree. Lou, where can people find more from you and more information about like how to make their children cry at Disney? You can find uh, everything that I do, the podcast, live video, events and books and whatnot uh, at WDWradio.com. And everything that I do sort of on the business side of what I do in, in speaking and coaching, you can find at LouMangelo.com. And I'm at LouMangelo on all social. Amazing. Whoa. Thank you, Lou. This has been incredible. Excited for all love. of your tips. Wow. I'm over here just smiling, gazing upon you and Lou, just really geeking out over some Disney stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. I am I am living off of that excitement a bit here. Mm -hmm. But it is really cool to hear some more about what should you be focusing on? Where can you slice and dice from someone who really knows the ins and outs of it? Because I think that's, as I even alluded to in the episode, a little prohibitive for me in just not knowing what I don't know, but not totally mm -hmm. wanting to spend a ton of time scouring all that the internet has because there is a lot on so well, much. What, what is even possible? Am I imagining that there's a way to save that just doesn't exist? And then where are the ways that I can cut? And it truly does come down to what what do you value? Because mm -hmm. there's always going to be ways to cut, but there's going to be some people who want to spend on resorts and some people who would rather spend on the Genie Pass. So uh, I think it was really helpful to kind of pare it down to what am I going to want out of my experience? And then what can I cut as a result? So yeah. really helpful. Yeah, I think the best piece of advice is to let, to definitely choose what you want to include. The goal isn't to get the cheapest trip possible, right. but to do everything you can to stack those savings, like Lou was saying, so that you can spend money on the things that really are important to you. Like for a lot of people, it's going to be those genie passes. Uh, so there are, you know, you can stay off property if your maybe your kids are older and you don't think you'll you know want to do those midday naps or pool days yeah you'll have to spend $25 a day on parking but if you're saving $50 a night on your stay you're still making out okay so take everything and there are far more ways to save that we couldn't get into but i think we really got into the best ones here and make a decision based on your values and your family's values too. Well, thanks everyone so much for listening. We, we, Many of you know that we do have a membership for our listeners who are paying down debt, who might even be saving for vacations, all kinds of things with money. And we've got money challenges that we do monthly where you can also get into accountability groups and help one another work through these challenges, gamify it, get connected with community. It's just a really fun time. But in light of this membership that we have that you all 
can join. We do want to congratulate and highlight one of our members for a big win. This comes from MLC titled Declutter Challenge Win. They shared, I was surprised how hard it was to let go of my shoes, spent too much time thinking of the memories attached and not how they aren't used any longer. Ha ha. Ultimately, so glad I did it. Not planning to stop at the seven days, 75 items so I can keep the clutter down. So that's referencing the challenge that it was seven days, get rid of 75 items and well done, MLC. This is exciting. Congrats, MLC. That's so great. So anyways, thanks all for listening. We hope that this helps you do Disney at an affordable rate for you with what you want to do. And also, if this membership sounds really cool, we'd love to see you in there. Again, there's courses, interviews, challenges, friends, tons of friends. And there's like actually a whole subgroup in there who loves Disney as well and is trying to figure out ways to get to Disney. So there's a reason. (laughs) Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club. See you in there. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. There's so much I could say about Disney, but I want to keep listeners. <laughs> so. I feel the same about Taylor Swift. So yeah. and there's there are some things that you just can't talk about openly. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I do appreciate that Disney is less expensive than Universal. And for that reason, thank you, Disney. Thank it's you, Disney. It's remarkable to me how expensive Universal is. And I think with Disney, you don't have to get like park to park. It's not as important. You can 100% spend many days in just one park. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's cumbersome to get to another park. Like I wouldn't even imagine to do that. Whereas Universal, it's like you have to get park to park. And then they tack on like a couple hundred dollars. There's literally a ride you can't do if you don't have a park to park pass. Which is genius on their part. Of course. But like, like I tried to get a singular day ticket as a Florida resident to Universal Universal, and it was over $400. I didn't go. I'm like, no, I'm too principled for this. I am not going to spend $425 whatever plus tax dollars it was to spend one day at Universal. So Disney, Disney for the win on that one. Absolutely. They do have, I mean, they're expensive as heck, but they do have some good specials for Florida residents. Yeah. If you're going to It is a right fun, time. and I will say, I didn't share this in the actual episode, but I got the most into Disney when my niece and nephews came down and went. Mm-hmm. You were even a part of this, I think. I painted my nails. Now, I did it myself. I didn't go pay someone to do nail art on me. But I did do my own Minnie Mouse nail art, which is, you know, extreme for me. Which I've never done before, for the record. I bought Minnie Mouse ears. So you'll Mm -hmm. see a lot of Instagrammers and influencers with their Minnie Mouse ears. Quick tip. I got them on eBay. I got two and they are official Walt Disney World ears from Disney World Hong Kong. And I got two for less than the price of buying one at the parks. So well, if you want well your 
your Disney ears. If you want to be able to spot your children in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Don't do Disney ears. Do Pacers hats. Don't, yeah. Do Pacers hats for sure. Um, but yeah, so many, so many things we could say about Disney positive and negative, but I, th- I think we'll leave We're going to end that. it there. We're going to end it there. Go get a snack. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Yes. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10... We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And I'm Sarah Hart Unger, a mother of three, practicing physician, writer, and course creator. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. On the Best of Both Worlds podcast each week, we share stories of how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Listen to Best of Both Worlds every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.